Welcome to the Short Funk Podcast, I'm Tom Barbelay, and today a topic that Pete should briefly in Stone Ape, although you probably lost it if you've done the full gauntlet of Stone Ape recordings, and that is associated with a gentleman known purely as the 3D Porn King. This is really a Shed Life recording as well, I probably should have stated that early on, in any case. When I worked for the VR defence contracting company, building or at least proposing VR facilities and VR software and all this kind of stuff, there was one character who stood out. While most of us were at least, well, somewhere between our 20s and 30s, this fellow was in his mid-50s. And his big claim to fame was that he had appeared on Australia's premier technology show of a decade and a half prior to when we were working in this environment. The show was called Beyond 2000, and it was quite a captivating program where a wide variety of technologists, typically Australian technologists, displayed their work and talked about the various technologies and the various potentials that Australians had in technology. It was really a visionary program that certainly a young Tom Barbelay got a great degree of enjoyment from. And lo and behold, this individual had appeared on Beyond 2000 with his characteristic charlatan project which was associated with creating 3D with no glasses. The problems associated with 3D related in large part to the fact that typically you needed to have one of your eyes seeing one image and another one of your eyes seeing another image and that's what gave you the perception of 3D. Glasses were the best possible alternative to 3D in terms of, like, the real world, if such a thing exists. In any case, they enabled you to see stereoscopic images relatively easily through a variety of techniques, either strobing, in which case one side of the glasses would show you one image and the other side of the glasses would show you another image, or alternatively through polarisation. And this was a somewhat popular technique, certainly as I was working in a VR facility, because you could have glasses that were polarised in one direction, and glasses that were polarised in the other direction, and if you polarised the light that was being projected onto a screen and you didn't rotate your head in any funny way, you would be able to see one image and another image projected to you as if it existed out in space. It looked like 3D. This wasn't the technology that this individual was looking to promote. He had some magic technology which enabled people to see in 3D without glasses. Of course, he could never actually show you the technology, That would be far too easy. It was some proprietary technology that was far more amazing than you ever knew about. And this is basically what he talked about on Beyond 2000 about 15 years earlier. Take it forward to the heights of technology that was 1998, to a lesser extent 1999. And this fellow was working in the VR lab. In fact, technically I was probably managing him in the capacity that I could manage someone like this. One of the things that I did through this period of time was I developed my 3D algorithm, which was called Psi, and the basis of the Douglas Rushkov article that brought me to the US, that and another short funk recording. And through this, I required a colored Game Boy in order to write my landscape algorithm through the colored Game Boy's graphics. So I went and purchased a colored Game Boy, and I had my receipt associated with a colored Game Boy. And, uh, you know, it all seemed to be well and true. I had a meeting with this individual, which was actually in my shed, uh, which was the place that I lived in Canberra, Australia, towards the end of my time there. And I passed him the receipt and said, could he drop in the receipt so I'd get the cash back on the amount? 
All was fine. A few weeks go by and I hadn't received the cash back, but I was actually planning a trip to the US and the UK probably in order to see a couple of VR facilities. Yet, mysteriously, my cash hadn't come through. So I was in the office one day and I mentioned the fact that I'd never actually received my reimbursement associated with this receipt and there was a bit of a hush-hush and then uh, the head of accounts noted to me, oh, actually, we gave that money to, uh, you know, the fellow who'd appeared on Beyond 2000 15 years earlier because he'd put in the receipt for himself. This would all be well and good, aside from one small factoid, one small little bit of information that I haven't shared with you up until now. This fellow had a burgeoning career in 3D porn, not in the performance of 3D porn, but in the filming of 3D porn. And he was a liability in terms of the work that we did, because so much of his content, so much of the 3D stuff that he produced, had interstitial breasts just thrown in. So, for example, we did a 3D environment clip for BMW, and mysteriously, about two-thirds of the way in, there was a flash of maybe half a second worth of breasts jiggling, and then the car rotations and all the other 3D graphics just continued. This, for me, at least, was a little bit quizzical. We'd kind of chuckle about this guy. Aside from a few occasions where we actually employed women to do various bits of work, and then we had to kind of keep him away. But what he did, which was slightly more interesting related to sports videography... And in particular, videographing 15-year-old and 16-year-old girls doing gymnastics, doing high diving into water, wide variety of things that were just filmed in order to be ever so slightly inappropriately titillating to those that were interested in this kind of stuff. His greatest achievement through this was to slow motion stop and do a variety of rotation techniques on 16-year-old divers and gymnasts, with particular emphasis on crotch and top and the kind of things that a degenerate pervert would probably be interested in. I had some slight ethical concerns associated with this. The age of consent in Australia at the time was 16, so technically none of these girls were really legally underage, but the whole thing just seemed to be a little bit uneasy. And as this fellow had effectively stolen from me through the company, I decided it was time to raise the extracurricular activities that he was using the facility for, with the view that these women, or actually these girls as they were, would turn up at the facility and he would have a series of private sessions with them in the facility's environment and take a lot of 3D he also obviously worked with them on location at the local Institute of Sport and all these kind of things. And the whole thing seemed to be rather curious to me that it had been sanctioned. Having talked about this for about an hour with the managing director of the company concerned, the trip, which had previously been only about three weeks, became three months of me and the US, the UK, Europe, touring VR facilities and basically just keeping out of the way well, whatever happened with this individual happened with this individual. Strangely enough, not really a lot happened with this individual. And as I was leaving, my father, I think, came by the shed and noted, isn't that that 3D porn guy? Just through his general demeanour, his appearance alone was sufficient to create the sense in people's minds that he was who he was through 
in part by descriptions of him periodically, but also in part through his general demeanour. Tom Barbelay in San Jose, signing out.